This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to just come. I thank you that words that I speak would be your words, and that if I say something wrong, you'll trip it up in the atmosphere so that it lands on people the way that it should. You'll fix it. Thank you for it. So as um, I was praying with somebody else on staff um, earlier this week, um, we get together and we pray. Um, We come in super early in the morning before anybody else is here, mostly just because we don't want to take the time out of our work week, and, um, and we, we just pray in the Spirit, and we allow ourselves to go places with the Holy Spirit. We explore. We experiment. And um, while we were doing that this week, I began to see, you know, I knew I was doing that. I was going to be up here teaching, and um, I began to see... Um, you guys, and you had you were carrying um, candles. You know, like those candles that you carry if you go to Christmas Eve service with the little cardboardy thing that we all love to play with when we were little and play with the wax and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, and as you began to get revelation of things, your 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 candle lit. You know, and um, and the wax melted really fast. And I, be, I believe that the wax represented doubts or untruths that we can tend to begin to believe and that the light is the fire of revelation that begins to melt the, those doubts and those untruths. So um, I'm really believing that today I, you know, I... I pretty much know everybody in this room pretty well. And you guys are amazing. Like, you know the Word. You know the Father. You know Jesus. You know the Holy Spirit. You've been around for a while. There is probably nothing I can say that you've never heard before. You might not remember it, but you've probably heard it because you've been around church long enough. But I'm believing that you'll begin to hear some things fresh and that a spark of revelation will go off on the inside of you that will melt doubt. That's what I'm believing for you today. For me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to greet um, everybody that's online. I'm so glad that you're with us today. And I'm super glad you guys are here. And... um, I'm going to be sharing, again, um, on what the module is right now, which is prayer and worship. And we kind of slipped into some prophetic stuff in the process of this module, and that's been really fun. Um, And um, I'm going to share a little bit randomly because that's just kind of how it came to me. And I just decided this with this teaching that I was really just going to allow myself to lean into how the Holy Spirit brought it and not try to finesse it. And that's something that's kind of new for me, but um, 
I'm getting more and more comfortable with doing this, and so I just decided I'm just going to jump off the cliff. And, um, you know, if I fall down, Kathy's here, she'll pick me up, and she'll fix you guys, and it'll all be good, okay? <laughs> um, so, Pastor Gavin, you know, it's, you know, it's not a coincidence that we're on the module that we are. And that Pastor Gavin has been talking about what he's talking about. What I want you guys to know is that, um, as far as I know, Kathy and Gavin don't talk and say, like, oh, we're all going to do this. You know, Gavin is hearing God for Sunday. Kathy's hearing God for Wednesday. And it's kind of um, interesting when they two things do this. But it's by the Spirit. Okay, so Pastor Gavin had, you know, um, couple, I guess it's probably about a month ago now, he had um, Alex talk about worship, remember? And then he started, and we were doing prayer and worship in here, and then he started talking about prayer, and, um, and we were doing that in here. So to me, as, a, you know, a daughter of this house, That to me says that God is not confused, that he definitely has a message for living faith. And if this is your house, you know, I want to encourage you. Um, I've started doing this, so I'm going to encourage you to do it too. Um, But especially with the Sunday messages, um, and with so messages too, but I especially do it with Sunday messages, um, Go back and listen to them through the week. Because the first time you hear something, you hear it at a certain level. But the second time you hear something, it goes deeper in your heart. And right now, it's really important that we be in tune with what God is saying on the earth. Because if you begin to listen, to, if you're listening in other churches, a lot of the other churches are saying the same thing. But... There's a little bit of a difference in how it's coming out for living faith. And that's because we're a unique family. We're not better. We're just unique to this area, to this region, and to who we are, our personality, and our call. And that's a good thing. So listen to the messages again and catch the spirit. Okay, because we are in a very interesting Kairos time on the earth not just in the United States of America, but yes, in the United States of America, but in, on, in the earth, on the earth. This is a really interesting time. And God is speaking very clearly. He's speaking very clearly to the body of Christ right now. So listen. And don't just listen, but listen. The first time we hear it here, the second or third time we begin to hear it here. Okay? Okay? So one of the things that Pastor Gavin said that I absolutely have loved, and it fits right in with here, is that prayer is an intimate conversation between two lovers. Isn't that good? And then a few weeks back, like I said, um, Alex spoke, and he spoke about worship. And he said that worship is giving back our breath to the one who breathed it into us. I want you to think about that. What would that look like? So if I'm standing here, and Jesus is standing here, I'm going to do it this way, and he's giving me back my breath, we have to be like this. 
Yeah? It's like, it's like resuscitation. He's breathing life into me, and I'm acknowledging that life and breathing it back. Right? Kind of intimate? Very. I remember the first time I got that picture. I was, I was here, and I came here three years after I was born again. So I was pretty much still young. And, um, and I had come up for prayer for something, and I was down on the ground, and I got this picture of, I'm down on the ground, me down on the ground, and then Jesus' face right here, breathing into me what I had come up for. You know, like, I came up, I don't know what the prayer call was. I came up for something. I wanted something. And he was breathing it into me. And because I was so young, and I think we do this a lot, I was like, no. That's kind of... (laughs) God doesn't do that. But he does. does. Because he's the breath of lives. So Alex also said that it's a face-to-face encounter, which is what that is, right? A personal experience between a child and a father, a lover. He, I, I'm embellishing my words in this too. A personal experience between a child and a father, the lover of our soul, our comforter and friend. It's where we realize and magnify the greatness of God in every aspect of his character. He also shared... some wisdom that he'd gotten from one of his spiritual fathers that I thought was brilliant. Like, I will take this home with me. His, His spiritual father said to him, go into your closet and worship until the most real thing is God, then ask him a question. And I think that's so key because as soon as you ask him a question, then you're having an intimate conversation with the lover. So you worship until within us we are, he's big, he's magnified, he's exalted. We're seeing him as omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. We're ascribing to him who he is. Then we pray. I've heard Bill Johnson say, if I have an hour, I will probably worship for 40 minutes and pray for 20. Why? For me, the why would be, because if I, not always, but a lot of times, I can go into prayer, and it's not bad prayer. It's good prayer. But my headspace can be in so many places. And I can be seeing problems so big. And what I know that I know that I know is that I always have to remember I've got a big God, there's a small devil, the enemy has been defeated. You know, the promises of God, the character and the nature of my Father, who He is how big he is, that there's nothing he doesn't know, and that's what worship gets me to. And then I pray from that platform. 
from that heart posture. And then Pastor Kathy, you know, all of this kind of slipped us into the prophetic because what else is going to happen? If you're having intimate conversations and you're seeing the Father for who he is and your heart is opened, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get a download. And as soon as you get a download, you're stepping into the prophetic because the download is going to talk to you about the heart of the Father for whatever things are going on, especially if you begin to ask him questions. He's going to show you things that you don't know. He's going to start to speak to us about what's going on and how his perspective is on what's going on. Well, then you're speaking, you're, you're, you're landed right there in the prophetic. You're going to begin to get words of knowledge about the past You're going to get words of wisdom about the future, and you put those two things together, that's prophecy. And so she said that the prophetic is the release and speaking forth of the will and the word of God. Bam. So we encounter the heart of the Father through intimate encounters and conversations. And then we could begin to speak by divine inspiration. And we share the heart of God, his divine inspiration, his truth. I love it in Corinthians where it says that it's talking about tongues and the prophetic. And it says about the prophetic that if an unbeliever comes in and the prophetic is in operation, the secret of their hearts will be laid bare by the prophetic word. And falling on their faces, they they will declare that there is a God. Because that's what's so potent about the prophetic, is that if I go to you and I say, hey, I feel like God wants you to know this. And I don't know you well enough to have that tidbit of information. There's only one source that could have given me that information. And that's the Holy Spirit. Because he searches and knows the hearts of all, what? Men, right? And so that's the purpose, really, of the prophetic. There's a quote from a book. It says, prophetic people, and that's you, okay? That's you, all right? Carry a passion for the glory, which is the manifest presence of God, and for the reputation of God in the earth to be known and seen. I'm going to say it again. Prophetic people, go like this, me, You carry a passion for the glory, the manifest presence of God, and for the reputation of God in the earth to be known and seen. That's the heart of the prophetic. Because when we speak forth divine inspiration, the reputation of God on the earth is known and seen. So for me, 
Prayer and worship are so important. Intimate prayer and worship. Because they birth the prophetic. It's the womb. Jeremiah 29, 12. These are some of my most favorite scriptures. And if you know me, you've heard me say them. Because they're still my favorite. But Jeremiah 29, 12 says, You will call. I. I will call. You will call on me, God, and pray to me, God, and I will listen to you. That's a promise. That's a promise. So if you have ever had the thought or the feeling or heard the words in your head that your prayers are powerless or impotent, there's only one being who would want to speak that to you and who would want you to believe it. There's only one being that's going to say to you, don't pray. God won't hear you. Your prayers don't count. Your prayers are impotent. There's only one being that wants you to believe that. It's not God. So don't partner with a liar. Don't partner with a deceiver. Because he's doing what he's doing is deceiving you. <laughs> okay? So the truth is, Jeremiah 29, 12. I'm going to read it again. You will call on me and pray to me, and I will listen. Say it. He will listen. He promises. He can't lie. He cannot lie. It's not in his character. Okay? And you will seek me. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. The trip up on that can be the enemy will come and say, your heart isn't wholly searching after me. Because you binged on Netflix last night when you could have been praying and fasting. Because, see, the enemy is always about works. We'll never be good enough. We'll never be holy enough. We'll never pray enough. We'll never do this enough, and we'll never do that enough. That's when you know it's the enemy. Because he's the accuser of your soul. Okay? There's a difference between when the father corrects us and when the enemy accuses us. When the father corrects us, he's lifting us up higher. He's like doing the best correction we ever do with our children. Okay? When we say, instead of, stop doing that, we say, hey, would you do this over here instead of that? Okay, so if there's an accusation, it's not the Father. So if you've ever heard that you're not doing blank enough, there's, you can test it. Just stop for a minute when the accusation comes. This is what I do. I'm vacuuming. Me. Oh, you know what, Babette? You just didn't study enough. You didn't study enough to bring that word on Wednesday. 
Who do you think you are getting up there and telling those people all that stuff? You're not, you're not good enough. Isn't that the stuff we hear? Okay? So I'm like, Father, was that you? I mean, let's just clarify it. Let's just get right to the nip it in the bud. Was that you, Papa? No. Then I know I can take that thought captive and put it in file 13, the trash can, and walk on and finish vacuuming. Okay? So Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. One version says, Things that have been confined and hidden that you do not know or understand. And another one says, I will tell you wondrous secrets. Another one says important secrets. In the natural, knowledge is power. Okay? If you work in corporate world, I worked in, I worked, um, in government. Never, like, I was trained that when I wrote a point paper, a, a point paper for the Secretary of the Navy, I never put all the information I knew in the point paper. I, would, I was trained. I was trained to manipulate. I'm sorry, but I was. I always would leave out something key. Why? Because the Secretary was going to ask a question, because he's a smart man, probably about the, one of those key things I left out, then I could answer him, and I looked good. That's how we're trained. I mean, those of you that are trained in sales are trained in even more manipulation than me. Okay? But that's, that's just the way the word, world works, because in the world, knowledge is power. But in the kingdom, God says, come to me, and I'm going to show you all this stuff that you don't know. And I'm going to give you secrets. Why? Because he isn't in any way, shape, or form afraid of us knowing everything he knows. He actually wants to co-partner and co-labor with us in everything we do with us having the mind of Christ. And understanding the truths of the eternities, his heart. That's his desire. He wants us to come and hang out with him so that he can show us everything that is ahead of us and not even just show it to us so we can be there and go, what do you mean my car is going to blow up? But he wants to show us it's a machine, it's going to blow up, but this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to provide for you and this is what's going to happen next and this is how I'm going to take care of you and these are the divine appointments that are going to happen along the way. Because he's that good, because that's what love does. If you're a parent or you know a child and you could do that for them because you love them so much and tell them everything that was going to happen so that they would never, ever be afraid because when they crossed a path and there was a boogeyman on the other side, they already knew the boogeyman was going to be there so they could prepare for it. That's what love does. And he is love. Love. 
James 4.8 says, when you draw near to me, this is God speaking, I draw near to you. He says, move your heart closer and closer in the passion to God, and he will come even closer. So we eventually get to that place where we're J.R. in grace, where he's just overpowering us. And that's how we need to see ourselves. As this oneness in him and with him, because I drew near and he comes even more near, so much that we're just like melding into each other and we're inseparable. When we posture our heart toward him, he becomes magnified. So, Let's look at the word intimate for a minute, because prayer is, remember what Gavin said? An intimate conversation between two lovers. So intimate, it's close, personal relations, private, characterized by privacy, it's warm, it's cozy, it's arising from close personal connection, a familiar experience, deep showing, a close union, relating to or existing in the innermost depths of the mind. It's a confidant, it's a friend. Intimate. Intimacy takes time. If you've purposed in your heart to begin an intimate relationship with the Father, and you're not getting what you're hearing people saying, don't stop. Every relationship starts somewhere, and it builds from there. And sometimes I can, you know, I can sit down and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to have this amazing quiet time, and it falls flat. It just it feels flat. But that's when my faith kicks in. That's when my knowledge of the word kicks in. Because in his word, he says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. That's when I remember the scriptures that I just read. When you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Sometimes I don't feel him. But because I know his character and his nature, because of what the word tells me, I know he's there by faith. Because he wouldn't say these things if he wasn't going to do them. Because he's not like us, where we're undependable to each other sometimes. He's not like that. He doesn't have an undependable bone in his body. He says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. When you call on me, I will answer you.
So, like I said, this is going to be kind of random. So one of the thing, teachings that has really um, helped me tons regarding um, prayer is actually um, a teaching um, by Steve De Silva. I can't take credit for this. I think it's brilliant. He deserves credit. And in that teaching, he talked about different ways that we approach God, our heart. Okay? So I want you to picture three chairs. One, two, three. There's fear. There's selfish ambition. And there's faith and love. So, you know, if you think about times when you pray, you pray in the morning, some, you know, your quiet time, morning, night, whatever. And then we also pray when things happen. You get a phone call. Something happened. Will you pray? Yes, I will pray. Sometimes, if it's a bad thing, we come here and we begin to make declarations and our hearts in fear. Or even pray in the spirit and our hearts in fear because a bad thing happened. Okay? And that's okay. Like, that's just, that's the way we built, God built us. We hear bad news, cortisol runs through our body, our heart races. We have to take thoughts captive. That's just, that's just normal. That doesn't mean that you're not in faith or anything. It just means you're, you're human, and you are human. Then we're over here, possibly. Somebody calls, and something happened. And we don't go into fear, We go into this other place of, oh, my God, what are people going to think? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. What are people going to think? You know, what about me? How is this going to affect me? So we'll call that selfish ambition. And then there's this other place over here, which is love and faith. So, So to be into love and faith, I predominantly am always aware of the character and the nature of God, who I am in him, who he is for me, that I'm seated in heavenly places. Faith and love. So what I've learned is something happens. I get a phone call usually or text message, and I'm in fear. I can do a couple of things. I can pray immediately, but I'm going to be praying from fear. Or I can kind of stop and be like, okay, I just got bad news. I got uh, bad news, okay? I'll just be honest with you. I just had some family members get COVID. I'll use my example, okay? And they got it, they got it bad, um, hospital bad. So I got, the, I got the text message in here one Wednesday. And, you know, they, they were a couple. They both got it. They both went into the hospital. I mean, it was just like not fun news, right? And I got the, I got the news, and my heart went, huh? not so much for them, but because they have a daughter that I know. And here I am thinking, that poor kid, one parent's in this hospital, one parent's in that, that hospital, this poor kid, right? So I, I kind of went into fear for a second. And 
And then I was like, stop, Father, what do you want me to know? What are you saying? Now, my emotions are still being my emotions. I'm still sad about this. This isn't good news. But, Papa, what are you saying? What do you want me to know? And he gave me a download. And then I went forward to pray based on that. So then at that point, I was sitting here, I got up, I left, I got in the car, and I made a phone call. Not in fear and panic, not with my emotions being in the ascendancy, but I waited till I got to the place where my emotions can come back in line, where my spirit's in ascendancy, where I'm hearing the voice of the Father, and then I can move forward. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping things up, but actually I'm not. I'm going to read Psalm 73 because it's a really, really good picture of that. I'm not going to read it all because we don't have a ton of time, but I want you to see in the Word of God this picture of praying, where we're praying from, and the importance of praying from the place of faith and love and how... Psalm 73, I don't want you to open your Bibles. I just want you to listen. So just put your stuff down. This is your opportunity just to listen. You can go back and read it later. I'm reading from the Passion, and I'm not going to read all of it because it's long. I'm going to read key phrases to give you the idea. So Asaph starts, No one can deny it. God is really good. But I nearly missed it. Seeing it for myself. But I nearly missed seeing it for myself. Here's my story. I narrowly missed losing it all. I became jealous. Jealousy. Jealousy is rooted in fear. Fear of what? Fear that there's not enough for me. So where was he sitting? Fear. So then he goes on to talk about his jealousy. He says, I'm going to read a couple of the lines. He says, "Um, I became jealous over people and their smug security, indulging in whatever they wanted going wherever they wanted, doing whatever they wanted, and with no care in the world, no pain, no problems. They seem to have it all. They're on Instagram, and I see their pictures. They didn't even try to hide their pride and their opulence. They put that beam right out there. They even scoff at God. And then he goes on and he says, they never have to lift a finger. They never work. They just take pictures. They're influencers on Instagram. Living a life of ease while their riches multiply. Now here he goes into self. Have I been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? For me. Here I am suffering under your discipline day after day. 
I feel like I'm being punished all day long. I'm such a victim. If I had given into my pain and spoken what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. A little bit of pride, a little bit of self, a little bit of victim. Here's the thing, though. But then one day, I went into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. In your presence, that's where I'm strong, seeking your face, touching your grace. In your presence, that's where I belong. And in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Then I understood. When I saw all of this, and the turmoil that filled my heart, piercing my opinions with your truth. I was so stupid. I was so senseless and ignorant. Yet in spite of all this, you comfort me by your counsel. You draw me closer to you. You lead me with your secret wisdom. And following you brings me into the brightness and the glory. When I trust in you, I have strong and glorious presence. I have a strong and glorious presence protecting and anointing me. Forever, you're all I need. So like ASAP, we can allow things to affect us. But also like ASAP, can run in under the shadow of his wings. We can be in his presence, and he comes immediately, regardless of what our headspace is like. And he shifts our perspective, and he sets us back up on that rock, that truth. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to share with you is something the Lord gave me just the other day. There's a lot going on right now. And I'm going to share with you what he told me. Because I really feel like everybody who's on the earth today is on the earth for such a time as this to sound kind of whatever. I know that that scripture gets used a lot. But you have on a really, really important purpose. And you have words that have to be spoken and people that have to be touched. It's not a coincidence that you're alive today in these weird times. It's not a coincidence that you're living through COVID. It's not a coincidence that you're living through the, uh, the political stuff that's happening right now. It is not a coincidence. Do not say and do not allow your soul to begin to curse this season. Don't do it. Don't do it. God is not confused. So I asked the Lord the other day, was actually, I don't remember, I think it was the 8th, whatever the 8th was. And I said, 
what do you see now, Father? Because I needed a perspective change. I was starting to get a little bit mucky. And he said, I see opportunity. A time for people to see things from another perspective, mine. To see things differently. A time where people's hearts will be open to reconsider their mindsets, their goals, what's truly important, the basis of life, priorities, philosophies. Because all of these things will begin to seem empty. And they will be searching for truth. So if you wonder what's going on in the world, that's what's going on. People are going to begin, you're going to begin to see more people being open to reconsidering their value systems and the fundamental foundations they've built their lives on. Kind of sounds like harvest time, doesn't it? There will be healthy introspection leading to reconsidering. It's the goodness of God that leads the heart to reconsider. When you, you know, we hear that scripture, Romans 2 4, all the time, and I always kind of focused on the reconsider part because the reconsider is the, the metanoia, the repentance. But this time he had me focus on the lead part. I'm going to read it again. Think about the lead part. It's the goodness of God that leads the heart to repentance. And I looked that word up in the concordance. Leads, accompanies into, attaches to oneself like an attendant. Doesn't that kind of sound like paraclete? Attaches to oneself. Isn't that what paraclete? I mean... Did to me, does it to you? Yeah. Leads away, guides and directs, lead to something, moves, impels, influences the mind. And it celebrates. Do not be unaware of what God is doing in the earth today. Do not let what the enemy is screaming. Because remember something. Satan is like a roaring lion. But the word tells us that when he sees him, when we see him, we're going to go, that's what we were afraid of? God has a still soft voice. We have to lean into him. Lean into him right now. That's why we're talking about worship. That's why we're talking about prayer and hearing the voice of God. Because you need to lean into him right now. There's a lot of screaming going on about what's happening in the earth today. But if it's not bringing you life, if it's not causing your faith to be built, you're not hearing the voice of God. It is worth taking the time and pushing through the barriers to hear the voice of the Father today. It is worth it. If you're having a really, really hard time, come and talk to us.
Some things can't be taught. They have to be caught. Pastor Barry used to say that. So go and find someone who will allow you to catch some things that you're intended to have. Last thing I'm going to say. (laughs) I'm his daughter. I just want to say this one thing. All temptation from the enemy is for the purpose of causing us to live an independent life. Independent from God. If you think about it, we think about temptation with drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever. All of those things provide a legitimate need that, you're, that you have. But they're meeting the need illegitimately and independently of the Holy Spirit who will meet all of those needs. So, like I said, if you're having a hard time, go find somebody that can help you catch something that is yours. We weren't intended to live independently. Dependent to God, interdependent with people. Okay? I love you guys. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the truth of your word that as we draw near to you, you engulf us. Hmm. We thank you that your heart is a heart that is open and wants to tell us everything that we need and everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we choose to believe it. And we thank you for it. We thank you for this amazing life where you come alongside us in everything, where there's nothing too small for you to be brought into. We thank you that you care about every single thing in our lives. In Jesus' name.